What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, May 18th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto sporting a healthy head of hair today. Ooh. I got to lift the flow up before I get a haircut set. But I just want to say, if uh, both of our teams just had more, more Morels, more Burgers, more Roberts, more Suzuki's, we'd be set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fuck the punk, give me the home run, baby. We'd be talking fucking first place teams right now. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, right now there's <laughs> our sophomore super celebrity, NASCAR Mitch. What's up? What's we are rocking on? the Bush Light hat in honor of you and uh, Kevin Harvick, but mostly you, though, for being honest. I appreciate it. And Fizz, Mike, t- Mike check. Mic check, mic check. Hey. hey! Oh, and then he's back to muted. Shit. Now he's unmuted. All right. Oh, mother. And there's the good Reverend K. Fizz. We were having a little technical issue. That's why we we're a little late. But I know. I wasn't the cause for why we no, were late, which Mitch I usually am. Usually when Mitch's late, the more you want to wait. But today was just Kevin's mic not working. Blame so the ghost of Steve Jobs. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. I can tell you one thing is for sure with Chicago baseball right now. It's not really what any of us expected going into the season. A lot of prediction shows were just wrong. Uh, including <laughs> this one. Oh, very much including this one. <laughs> I am not throwing any shade. Very much. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to talk about, you know, we're, we're pretty much at a quarter of the season, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So after a quarter, quarter yeah, we'll do the Lovey Smith at the first after the S after the first quarter of the season here. Uh, we'll talk about basically what the hell is going on because it's it's all over the place. And we just had a at our pre-show meeting. I think although or Mitch said something, and I had to respond to it, and it just like clicked this thing in my head where it's just it's absolutely wild. So we're gonna need to <laughs> we're gonna need to talk about that. Um, and who knows where this is going to go, honestly. this Like this season, this show is just, who knows. Keeps you on your toes, though. It's like a Vonnegut novel. It's so provocative. Fun. Keeps the people coming back. Uh, so all that and much more. Let's tap this guy. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Go download the app, turn on push notifications. There's a lot of things that can be pushed out to you. Hawks got the first pick. Bears are going to be good. There's 
definitely baseball being played. So <laughs> sportsmockery, sportsmockery.com. And make sure you read Mitch's and all those articles, you jerks. Um, and also Uncle Bud's, uh, 90, we'll call it 700 South Cicero Avenue in Oak Lawn. Uh, summer menu is about to go live. They got stuff going on every night. Ooh. A lot more live music, if that's your thing. Um, so Uncle Bud's, check them out. So before we dive in here, fellas, I'm going to steal things for a minute. I just want to say I know I was gone last week, and it's been kind of really fucked up two weeks for me. But I can't tell you how many people from this show, I mean, of course, you three, but the people that watch this show, the people from White Sox Twitter, like people I've never even like met in person who reached out to me and like sincerely like gave me their condolences and said a lot of really nice things. So I just want to say that will not be forgotten. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you very much. All right. Just had to get that out of the way because, yeah, it's been a fucked up week. But uh, let's talk about baseball. Because as I mentioned in my video, what sports are supposed to be is fun. And what sports is supposed to be is a distraction. And I was going back and forth if I was going to be able to get my shit together to do this tonight. And I just, my wife actually said, Mrs. O was like, why wouldn't you go? This You're the happiest after you do your shows on Wednesday night go do your fucking show and for those of you new here i don't really not do what mrs o says so <laughs> so we're here so what i was uh alluding to in the intro here is we were talking about the the title of this episode that aldo made because he's our wordsmith here where it says trade everyone and build around Luis robert jr we're going to talk a little bit more about Luis in just a second but then I can't remember which one of you guys just said it, but it was like Jake Berger, as our friend Baloney in the comments said, fist fuck the baseball as we were about to go live here. And I think it was Aldo. He said, "Build a, I got to change the title because it should be build around Luis Robert and Jake Berger. And then it like hit me like a wave of like self-realization. Could you imagine if one of us said that a year ago? Insane. Like not joking around. I think I think wasn't he still at AAA like last year by this time? No, he he was, and around this time he was he had like a, another hot streak in May because that's he had a game-winning homer against I remember Boston, right, and then right, a couple that's weeks right. later he had a pinch hit home run against Tampa. He was like coming up clutch for May, and then everyone's like, "Hey, he's good," and then Eloy came back. And they yep. No, I remember the home run against Boston because for some reason that's one of them that's stuck in my head. But yeah, I mean. Although jokingly said, "Hey, Rick Hahn nailed the first round pick." Yeah, of all those first round picks, uh, yeah, it's the guy who tore is what he tears. Uh, both both of Achilles, them, I think, the same. Both Achilles, the Achilles. Yeah, that's the guy that hit. <laughs> I mean, Andrew Vaughn's definitely coming around, and I know Fidge, you've been paying a close attention to it. Vaughn currently, right now, leads the team in the RBIs. It's hard uh, to miss though when you have the third overall pick. You want to talk to Nick Madrigal about that? Um, but Vaughn's coming around. You guys want him back? You still need a second baseman, damn it. You yeah. still don't front. You guys the still White, need a second baseman. The White Sox middle infield is a joke right now. Um, he'll he'll, he'll uh, pair up perfectly with uh, Tim Anderson. 
and the bad base running. I definitely don't see an improvement in Andrew Vaughn, but let's start on a very positive note. Let's talk about the best player in Major League Baseball. Who just made that play? In the month of May. I got to preference that. In the month of May, but Luis Robert Jr., folks. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a heater. And even with the best player in the league on their team, the White Sox are currently 7-7 seven and seven in the month of May. We don't really need to. They weren't you know, lying when they said he's the next Mike Trout. They mean, carrying the team, but they're still going to lose in spite of his efforts. Hey, if you look at the numbers, better than Trout. Yep. Yeah. Better. It's, oh, he's, it's, it's the best. Torch. <laughs> Robert's going to become the best player in baseball, and the White Sox will not make the playoffs. Despite so, having the best player in baseball. In the month of May, as we stand here on recording on May 17th, Luis Robert is hitting 408, 491, 939 with an OPS of 1.5. Four three zero, with seven home runs, fifteen RBIs. I mean, I think he he's already matched his home run total from last year. Yes, and ever since your tweet, though. Yeah, the, <laughs> it worked though. Hey, somebody someone, listened. Yeah, somebody <laughs> listened and unplugged them and plugged them back in because it worked. But he, uh... oh shit, Clevenger just throwing at people now. Um. <laughs> But his home run total is good for he's leading the AL. I mean, this is the guy that we all envisioned because the gold glove defense is there. Mitch made a great point pre-show. Like, even when he sucked in April, like, he went through that where I said it should be unplugged. I mean, he hit 202 in April. But even when he was bad in April, the defense was still there. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a great point by Mitch. And so now you're getting the gold glove defense with this absolute tear at the plate. And now you're getting that five-tool player that we've finally been clamoring for. And I I have it bookmarked on Twitter. I'm not going to say the website because I really don't want to start shit, but <laughs> the article that went up about Everybody how, knows it's, it's, how it's Everybody time knows it to trade Luis Robert Jr. and how he's dog shit and how we're all clamoring for this and like all this stuff. I, I love to read that article after he hits home runs. <laughs> it, it makes me... This entire month, it's just I've read that article probably eight times. Well, is, I've read it at least seven because it's after he hits a home run. But is this the uh, same publication that had one of their editors that was dead set that that Tim Anderson said I hate it here? Is it the I, same one we're thinking of? I don't know. It might. I be. used to work for said. Uh, well, now that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> little Barbie's poached over guys? here. They're like, this guy has bad takes. He can work for Sports Mockery. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much our hiring process. Um, but I mean, to Don's comment here, and the I don't really believe they're going to trade everyone off. But I mean, you got to think as it stands right now. I know he's under. Whoa, sorry, the ESPN app just played a random ad in my ear. Um, you got to think that the way things are trending right now, Luis Roberts is going to be the highest played White Sox player of all time. Yeah, you would think well, so. If they, it, you should would be. hope so. You yeah. should be. Okay. Should be. There's, the fact that we were all hesitant after that sentence tells you a whole lot about Because that's the thing. He's play. still – because the way Jerry Reinsdorf probably sees it, he's like, oh, this is great. 
we finally got the star player. We got him locked up for like three more years, I think. So let's just see where it goes. Take advantage of the window there, Rick. Yeah. And see, like, that's the thing when, like, realistically, and like we said, like, th- this division always gives you some semblance of hope. Like, the White Sox can play like dog shit for a week, but then they have that one good looking win against Cleveland on a Tuesday. You're like, ah, we're back, baby. They light Especially up the, the division so Cincinnati. bad. And, like, yeah. well, th- this division stinks. So, like, we have a chance. I, I think if it was one, any other division, or if Rick Hahn was the general manager, like realistically, you'd be like, yeah, we should probably sell off some of our assets. Like I would say, like you trade the guys who are expiring deals, like mm-hmm. Hendricks. I know it sucks, but like Giolito, probably have to deal him. Da too, especially with him because he's got the team option next year. Yeah. Um, he has a lot. He, he'd be your most valuable trade chip. Da is the biggest trade chip they have right now. The the problem is I don't trust the boobs in the front office to do another full scale rebuild. So if you were gonna trade people, it would have to be more of like a retool. Because one, you're not gonna have them trade off all your assets at the deadline and then hire a new general manager. Because then that, that that just makes no sense. So the right. pe- the only players I could see them trading, if you were gonna do that route, would just be the people whose deals are expiring after this year. And then you'd have a new guy come in and assess the roster and be like, do we want to build around Cease and Robert or do we want to continue trading off our assets? And I mean. For how well Luis Roberts been playing, Tim Anderson has been just as bad. Like he's yeah. been, people really aren't talking about it that much because it's TA and you're like, all right, TA is going to turn around. I still think he, I mean, guys, it's May. There's still plenty. He has he's coming off an injury summer, too. And he's coming off an injury. But right now, I mean, in May, he's only got 12 hits in May, batting 222, 276, 222 slugging with a 498 OPS. It's rough. From the lead position, it's a small sample size, though. No, it, that's it the is. thing, though. It goes back to last, like, it yeah, goes back it, to a year it's ago. It's not just this season. Time in, well, I mean, he was shut down, like, what, in August, I think? Yeah. And he had an injury earlier in the season, too, when he missed, I think, most of, uh, what was most of June, I think? Yeah. Or May, whatever month it was. And then they just decided to shut him down. Yeah. But he's been, he's been, like, this bad going back to like the last two months of last year. I know it was coming off the injuries and he had all this personal shit, right. but that's still part of that sample size. That he's no, I, yeah. I think the biggest concern for me is the lack of power. Cause all of a sudden like the home run totals just dropped off. But even last year when he was bad, he there was still is. hit three Oh one. And like he was dealing with that injury yep. most of the year. And then I mean, he's, the season, he's, he's, so he's getting the benefit of the doubt just cause he's been good for so long. The power thing is a bit concerning though. Well, Fitz, isn't it like a an old coaching adage? Like you can really judge how a player's going after a hundred at bats. I mean, generally, I mean that's also the adjustment moment. That's uh, okay. and especially at the major league level, you get a hundred, hundred and twenty at bats. The league has enough tape on you now yep. to start making an organized game plan that's a little bit more coherent than just kind of like try and see what works and test for vulnerability. So that's a big part of it. Is if you're seeing except. Uh, uh, someone excelling after like 100 120 at bats yeah you're starting to see somebody that's that's beyond just the adjustment period too so that's a that, that's a consistent sample size enough to to make a judgment and I the think. reason i ask is because as before the game tonight ta was at 101 at bats for the season slash in 257 299 307 with an ops of 606 i mean that's a larger sample size than just a month like ta's been it's been rough and i've said it Throughout the duration of this off the field bullshit, I don't know how much that affects TA. I don't know TA personally. I don't know what's going on. Yes, you can pinpoint the numbers like Baloney in the chat here is WRC plus under 70 since the whole shit happened. But then you look, you know, on Mother's Day and Sunday, 
all the players were there with their moms or their wives and their kids. TA's there with his wife and the kids and they're smiling, happy people. How much of that is a front? I don't know. You don't know. None of us know, you know, but how much that's affecting him between the ears. That's rough too. But at the end of the day, the numbers are the numbers and it's yeah. And it, like, okay, Yumper, I agree with you. It could be, he's not fully healthy. What was it? Was it last night or three nights ago? He was running something out and you could tell he was pulling up a little bit. And then Stone even said, he's like, well, uh, you could tell TA's not playing 100% healthy, blah, blah, blah. So could be. The White Sox love to play guys when they're hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. And like, I think there was a question too, right? When he came back from the rehab assignments, like, it, like I think early the first few games, he, he looked even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, running stuff out and just being at the plate, and they're like they rushed him back too fast. Yep. Well, to senior senior Sox's point, you have to be on base to steal. That's so a good that's point too. That all, that all comes around, but I mean he and it's a wrist injury. And what did like what's Ta his bread and butter? Flicking the wrist and putting the ball in right center. That that wrist injury is going to be a little bit more impactful, uh, but. Hmm. I and I mean how, that goes. I know how White Sox Twitter works. That that goes <laughs> to like the power stuff too, where yeah. he hasn't turned on a ball no. in like a very long time. And like not no. that he, that was like what he was known for. It's like like he has you no said, home runs this year. That the, the thing that he's known for is like you know that that base hits right the, down the line for a double. But like he would occasionally turn on balls, you know, get them out to left. He hasn't yeah. turned on a ball in what seems like forever. He had the infamous bat drops, man, and those were always balls that he pulled. He never bat dropped that oppo home run. And for him to be sitting there at over 100 at-bats with no home runs, that's a cause for concern. And again, that, like, I don't think he has, like, rarely any, any I don't doubles. What player on this team was in this situation? I'm going to say this now just because I know how shit's been going. I don't care if they're black, white, purple, yellow, whatever the fuck color they are. If you're playing bad baseball, we're going to call it out on you. And that's what's happening right now. There's no rhyme or reason. We're not picking on anyone or doing anything. He is supposed to be a superstar. At the beginning of the year, the talk was, this is Tim Anderson's team now. When Jose Abreu left. <laughs> he is fucking struggling. Like, you know, oh, go ahead, Kevin. I was just going to say, I, po- I mean, I even posted something this week. The thing about Tim Anderson is, is it's, it's, it's a weird catch-22 when you have guys with his kind of, I guess you want to call it charisma, um, is that, they have absolutely the ability to carry a locker room, to push a locker room into this exciting role. You know, the, we've called them the straw that stirs a drink enough on this podcast to, you know, mm-hmm. bet a dollar for every time we said it, we'd have at least $10. And so um, you uh, you have that. But there's a flip side to that coin um, that comes with that. Because with, you know, with that capacity to do great things, there's also the capacity on the other side of that, the mirror image of that, which is if a player like that, that has that kind of charisma and that kind of sway struggles, gets out of their own head, starts, you know, they can cast, they can crater a locker room. They can destroy a locker room just as much as they could carry one. You know, know, there's players that'll sit right in the middle and that, that won't, you know, move the needle either way in a locker room. But you also have guys like Tim Anderson that when shit's going sour, you know, some guys, they're not, Great teammates when they're not doing well. And I'm not saying that's Tim Anderson, but I am saying that guys like him, if if you see a pattern of the White Sox playing really well when he's playing well, but kind of get cancery and and snippy when he's not, you're going to – I mean, there's a pattern there. And I don't think that's maybe the case here, but he can crater a locker room 
I see what you mean. Basically, he is such a big personality, such a, a influential character to this team. When he's not going, it's infectious. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely agree with you. I and again, I oh got. I, I hate that I have to preference all this shit, but we don't know what's going on in that locker room. No one mm-hmm. knows what's going on in that locker room. And Ian, because I love you, I'm going to answer your question. The wrist thing happened last year. That's what shut him down. Well, he was the middle finger surgery. So it shut him down. That's what shut him down, <laughs> shut him down. But he definitely had the he had a wrist injury at the before in that, yes. 2022. Yeah. yeah, that pulled him out too. The uh uh the uh, like the other side of the just how bad he's been. Like it hurts obviously it hurts the, the team overall. It's, it's just season. such a double edged sword because it's because again, it's not just TA has like come down from being like a star the star hitter that he was when he was hitting like 330 winning right. batting titles it's that he is now one of your worst hitters on the team and he's our like, leadoff man it, like he is hurting you guys yes. actively by being at the plate yep and especially from that leadoff position and i've seen some people calling for maybe a little lineup shakeup where you know you got a guy like Yomankata who as our boy senior Sox just mentioned just ripped a great RBI single to bring in Ben Tendi after his double, but he's hot and he's a switch hitter and switch hitters in the leadoff spot are always a nice, you know, extra to have, but. And, and Moncada throughout his, uh, throughout his career. I mean, it's annoying sometimes when he takes like a strike three, but he also has a pretty good walk. He sees pitches and he sees pitches and would it be the worst thing to shake it up a little bit? I know. That could definitely blow up in your face. But are you? What are the Cubs playing right now, too? Yeah, wisdom just being here. Oh. Okay, I just I was like, I thought you were making that face after my suggestion that they shake up. Oh the no, no. I was like, damn, dude. All right, your, fuck, man. Wisdom like basically. <laughs> yeah, when when Zoe said that for the podcast listeners, it looked like someone just ripped ass in Fid's mouth. <laughs> yeah. like, in his mouth, you like, might as oh. well rip ass in my mouth. If you're gonna make a routine error like that on that routine ground ball like, to extend an inning for Drew Smiley, who's throwing his ass off today. Yoan's been swinging a good bat. He sees pitches well. I mean, I know he has some pretty outlandish takes out there, but. I saw P. Knowles do a, a projected lineup, and it had Mankata leading off and Robert Batten second. Your two best hitters. I can get behind that. One and two. Let's and get it fucking going. Bats. And then you get the news today that Aloy is ahead of schedule. For all you hard asses that are like, oh, his appendix, he should be playing tomorrow. My grandpa flew a World War II jet. <laughs> I have to say one that. Leg. Don't rush him back either, though. Like, no, it's God, fine. no, I want Jake to stay up. We don't need oh, Eloy right now. Hold on. I just got another reinforcement you know Makata just told second there you go it's the shoes that's your leadoff the shoes well they're challenging it and uh, hold on let me I see think this. he was out if i'm being honest in real time uh, like he was out. There's you got out. tiebreaker vote. he's safe oh no he's no, very he's safe, safe. He's he safe. is very safe he's very safe that'd be a stupid thing if they even challenge it oh they did didn't he sank him off the base no, no he's, he's safe, safe. They, they didn't challenge it but anyways if he's stealing bases now too this is to me now this is becoming a no fucking brainer Try him out, I, I, but I think besides, I mean, stealing bases is nice, but it's just more of a right now. Who are your best hitters? Like who are giving you the best at bats? Aloy, it's, or not Aloy? I'm sorry, Yoan Mankata like, and, and Luis Robert Jr. And you know who's Jake been? Well, and Jake yeah, Berger, Jake, him Ber- Jake Berger's got pop, and then you know who's sneaky having a decent month, especially lately, Grand is Benton Tenney. Benton. Grand Dahl's been hitting well though too. Grand Dahl's been look at that average all season. 
I almost wouldn't hate. I know, <laughs> I know this was a Tony Larusa thing, but throw TA at nine, man. Flip the lineup. Why not? Uh, he would not respond well to that. No, I was going to ask you guys, he, how do you think respond. TA would respond? He, if you put him like, if you take him out of the leadoff spot and bet him like maybe fifth and let him just explain it to he him, he wouldn't like, be happy with that be, either. He wouldn't be really happy, but I think he would like roll with it. But if you throw him at the ninth spot and try to give him the whole second leadoff man bullshit, he, he's going to, I feel like he's going to just shut it down. What do you think, Kevin? What do you, how do you think TA would respond to that? <laughs> the, that flip side of the coin thing again I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Come on, TA, you can be our second leadoff man. Take yeah. TA is someone that likes to be no. shifted out of something that he believes he's the best at, uh, it's whether it's shortstop defensively whether it's in the lineup uh i don't think he takes the redirect as well as like luis robert did when he got right and that's exactly to to fizz's point like this goes back to when they were in the machado rumors and this is before cta kind of broke onto the scene as the batting champion we all know and love they're asking like hey would you be okay with like moving positions it's like yeah i would want machado but shortstop's fine Oh, no, Machado at this point was objectively a better shortstop at that point of his career. But he's like, yeah, no, he's not. He's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was like, that was 2018, 2019 offseason. TA's first big year was 2019. This is before he was literally like a right. really bad hitter. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> still, yeah, you're not moving. I mean, you love the confidence, but at the same time, dude, <laughs> come on. And I know we're kind of uh, all over the place here, but I agree with Bologna in the comments here. I 1 million percent want Eloy to do a rehab stint in Charlotte before he oh, comes for sure. I, I saw his comment uh, on Wednesday before uh, before their game, and he was saying, oh, like, I think because he said, like, oh, I hope to be back next week. And I, I hope that meant, like, to a rehab. In Charlotte, stint. yeah. Yeah, because like, there's no way you just bring him out. And they just tried that, and weeks. he was shit for two weeks. Yeah. Like, he, he needs that rehab, I think. Especially when you got Berger hitting like he is. Well, that, one thing if they needed let's talk about Jake Berger. Well, yeah, okay, let's bring that up. So, Aloy comes back. What do we do? He's going to get sent down again. Because you can't is, have the two both of them on the I know. The no, you send – is Hazley still on the, on the roster? I fucking – No, I think they swapped him with Marissa. I can't keep tra- – I've never – I don't think I can oh, remember so a time Marissa when the White down. Sox had so many inter – transactions like <laughs> no but like although you kind of need that marisnik type guy because they really do not they need a fourth outfielder True, we right. saw when they tried hey, rami like... out there and he <laughs> sucked like you can't play the like they need a fourth outfielder well that's the guy that... okay so if marisnik is Mar... all right keep marisnik because i think rami was just called back up right or reactivated from the injury list get rami the hell out of there i'm gonna yeah, shock okay. all of you i'm gonna shock uh, all of you right now I'm going to shock everybody that listens to this show for more than a little bit. I'm at the point where I'm, I'm at the point where I tried Jake Berger at second base. (laughs) Oh, I did not think this day was going to happen. What do they got to lose? What do they got to lose? More games. How? We can barely. You were dying on the hill. We're like, this yeah. guy can barely play. <laughs> You're the base. number one guy. Now Elvis. he has to go to second base where you have to be more mobile over there. Like, Elvis, I'm fine with the occasional spot spot with Berger at, at third base. I but think w, base, WRC plus wise, Elvis, I believe, is the worst second baseman in baseball. Jake, who I've admittedly said it on this show a bunch of times, has 
impressed me with his defense at third this season. What do they have to lose by keeping his bat in the lineup with Aloys and throwing him at second base? Well, I can tell you, I can tell you one thing, though. I can tell you one thing. Because you've been saying it. Like, he's not an agile dude. No, he's not. One, no, here's. One bad move, one bad move, something goes wrong in the knee, the hamstring, the back, the oblique, and then you just lost your best We already, the defense is like, the starting rotation right now, you got a lot of guys that are not pitching well. You can't be affording to make these guys get extra out. Like Lance Lynn, the way he's pitching, you really want to have Berger out there risking the chance making Lance Lynn get more outs than he has to with Michael Mm. Kopech, the same thing. Their defense is bad as it is. So the solution you have is to make it worse by throwing Jake Berger at second. And the thing with Jake Berger too, he's got the knee injuries, right? So at, you know, playing third, it's a it's 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 a, it's a first step. Or Achilles, excuse me, it's a first step. He it's it's one step move. Like there's not as much um, lateral movement as a third baseman that could theoretically re-injure something, as opposed to at second, where now you have to be fluid in both directions. You have to cover a lot of ground. There's a lot more room for you know re-injuring stuff too so it, it, it's also a health issue for a guy like that because you want him you could at least cut the field in half put him at third base which is a good thing but and i would imagine it would affect the bat too because all of a sudden he has to learn a new position which is going to take a lot more time to focus on where now all he has to focus on is just going up there and hitting bombs now mm-hmm. he's like hey you gotta learn how to play second base and get that for footwork down good i and- think it would have an effect on the power and the other part of that is like because be, uh, before, like teams have done it with guys who have like been like you know the the older stiff veteran third baseman. Like the Reds did it with Mike Mustakis. Like they just signed all these dudes and they like try to stick him at second base. But like before then, you could shift, you could right. hide guys. That's true. You can't yeah. do that can't anymore. Do that. Right. You can't do that anymore. I mean, Elvis Andrew right now is a negative 0.1 war. I'm just you know Elvis Andrews is a professional bad. infielder or Burger. Let's be honest. Right. Is but that- I mean, Elvis isn't it hitting at least jake would hit is my theory here like if you're going to be bad at second base at least be bad with a guy that can hit in theory he would be right. hitting there but i know and like you guys all make you make very valid points and i'm not arguing that it's just that's how frustrating i forgot who put up the stat but the white Sox middle infield right now is like a joke yeah with combined it, war between shorts oh yeah the rankings for position yeah so it, Make a like, move, then. Get your front office, shake off the Malays, and figure something out besides They had just, all off-season to do that shit. Yeah, I mean, Everyone knew they needed to make a move during the off-season. I mean, what are they going to do now? The White there Sox have been a second baseman that, for a decade. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think there's – I mean, th- at this point, there are players out there that can fill a gap. But, I mean, Andrews was supposed to be that guy. He's not He's not being that guy, unfortunately. Um, no one would predict that he came. He would recess towards the. Yeah, who would have known? Who would have said that? What show would have said that? Some assholes that are highly attractive. It was the show. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I don't know. You got to find the market. It's not, you sound like Jasper. Are you familiar with Jasper talk? He's my noodles. Sorry, anyway. Um, you know, you've got yeah, Josh Harrison's just hanging out, playing some MLB The Show at home. Why not, you know? I'm no, Josh, Josh Harrison, Harrison starts for the Phillies, bro. Oh, he's with the Phillies now? Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. He started yeah. the year with them. He's he had a bomb against the White Sox. Yeah, he's, he's not playing. He's not playing, right? Oh, he is. He hit a nuke against the Sox this year. Is he DHing? Because, I mean, you got Stott and you got... You already Turner. have. No, like, that's the thing. The, the problem is in... They don't need Harrison. The the problem is that they just have too many DHs in first base. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... I mean, we're, we're chock full of them. Trade one of them and get a second baseman. Like that's the thing. This, this is gr- 
this might hurt white side. Like, that's not a thing. Is oh. <laughs> there's 13 games under 500? I don't even like. Yep. Is it gonna matter? <laughs> I don't. And do you even trust? I want to get to this point too, because and you briefly mentioned it earlier, Mitch. Because you can't you can't trust the guys running the show because they've proven. Uh, Rick Hahn's been the GM since 2012. It's a I decade. trust a wet fart more than I trust our GM right now. He's oh. he's been he's had like two completely different like ways to go at this, and they've both just been terribly terrible, awful both times. Terrible. I trust. How, a, there's no chance in that. hell you can trust this dude with another rebuild. I trust a wet <laughs> fart after drinking tap beer all night and polishing off White Castles to close the night. And, I trust the and, next and, day part after that. And I remember, I looked this up because I remember writing about it either 2016 or 27, right after they announced, they made the big proclamation, we're tired of being mired in Mikri- uh Fuck, can't yeah. get it out. Whatever. We all know who you're talking about. So and you, and what you're saying. you know, they're like, all right, we're going to rebuild. And I was like, I wrote about a thing. I'm like, Rick Hahn is always going, and this was back like 2017, I think. Rick Hahn is always going to have the safe, like he has the best job security in Chicago. And it is true. Why? Because even when he fails, they're always going to be a portion of fans who are going to be like, well, I mean, it's the owner that he's not going to let him spend as much. It's like, oh, well, I mean, if uh, if he had an owner who would open the pocketbooks more, you know, this team could be more aggressive. But even when, when we've seen it, and like, yeah, it hasn't been as much as other organizations in these past few years. I mean, the, the Sox have been close to $200 million, and the guys that he goes after have failed. And I think that's the biggest problem with Rick. Because objectively speaking, when he was trading away a lot of those guys, like we th- I think we thought at the time, and even like well, he got pretty good returns on a lot of those guys. But even when like before, like when they were mired in mediocrity, when they thought they had a team that could contend with Chris Sale and Jose Abreu, it was identifying the outside pieces to bring in to supplement yeah. that roster that always blew up in his face. The trading for James Shields. Didn't work out. The bringing in Brett Laurie and Todd Brady, all these guys. Jeff Samarja, yep. Didn't work. Jeff Samarja didn't work out. And like the last couple of years, like Grandal, objectively a disaster. I mean, like all the guys he brings in, because I think the money's been there. He's just spent it poorly or does a horrible job identifying the guys to bring in. Like, yeah, another perfect example. That's where his biggest issue, I think, has been as a general manager. Like, go out and like, Cherry pick the Reds. Go get me Jonathan India. Or I don't That's know. That's gonna be a tough one to get though. There's gotta like... be somebody. Nick Madrigal, you can get him. No, stop with that. Uh trade the Dodgers. And you believe this, Kevin? This was the this was like the maybe the number two Nick Magical fan, like 24 months. Oh, ago. I renounced that as soon as he went to the Cubs. There was a whole <laughs> renouncing of I think that. You knew, I think he knew all along, so there was a I think I, you honestly, knew all along. <laughs> Oh, honestly, yeah, another hit? Yep. I honestly thought that he would be the high average, Three. solid defensive player, after, especially after he won the gold glove in AAA the year before yeah. he came up. And it was like, all right, there's that defense we all know, we've heard about. Now I just need you to be a single double guy. Oh, Yaz came up limping after, out of the box after well, that that's hit. Like... No, of course he did. More Sebi time. Um, so, oh, by the way, Sebi Savala, great defensively, but I was looking at his numbers. They've always it, been pretty ass. It's really weird with Sebi. I feel like I can always call a Sebi bomb. Ooh. 
Well, you got to share those. Just let me know the next time. Well, no, it, it's like. Zerda has been on the White Sox often, but when he does, <laughs> make money on a steady. <laughs> I don't do it pregame. It's more like when he's coming up to bat. I'm like, oh, Sevy bomb. Oh, All they're right, pitch. Right. They're pitch running for Yaz, and he looks pissed off. There's our boy Adam Hazley. Yeah. This is Yasmani Grandal is another guy who's just been on the verge of being on the injured list for like a week and a half, I think. It's I think ever since the end of the Cincinnati too. series, he had back spasms. Then he came out against the Royals, didn't play three games, and now he's back and now he's hurt again. It's always when he's in the middle of a heater. Like he was hot in July when he went down with that knee thing. When he went down last year, he was in the midst of like a four oh. or five game hitting streak. And then he goes down against the Rangers on a hit. And then now he's batting close to like, what, 270 something, which yeah. is unheard of for Yaz. And he goes down again after another hit. Short answer jumper, no. No, I think it de- it depends on how much the White Sox eat the eat the money. But yeah, if you why, eat, that's why it's no, because they're not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, they did with Leury. They're still owe him five million. They did that with Dale Keuchel. The Sox are paying a lot of guys <laughs> to go away. Yeah, I mean, but I think uh, yes, they just ride out because yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not getting anything for him. Yes, is that car in the old commercial where the dude rips the door off? Like he's just. <laughs> It's it's just I root for Yaz. It's tough because of the I money. I want him to be it's, great, but the, the money's money. rough, and it's just knees and catchers, man. Man, all right, hey, do you do you remember this famous trade scenario back in what was it, like December? Though, grand all for Madrigal, Cubs take all the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll dump and then we'll dump off Tucker Barnhart to you guys too. You guys can take him. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. This uh, this is a good point. I forget which podcast it was, but I want to give. But like the White Sox, you talk about bad development. This is also going back to the Rick Hahn indictment. They're AAA Charlotte, which is like the guys supposed to be like on the cusp of coming up to the major leagues, are a bunch of washed up veterans. They got Clint Frazier, scrub. They had Billy Hamilton, cast off. Jake Marisnik there because he didn't whoa, make the whoa, team. Whoa. I Victor like Billy Reyes. Hamilton. Billy Hamilton is a, a problem on the base pass. You can't he get is there a problem himself, base but once he yeah, okay. runs for someone, yeah. Fair enough. I do like Billy. He uh, has a purpose. Victor Reyes, another <laughs> cast off. The White Sox picked up. Like, that's the AAA Charlotte outfield right now. There is no young guys. Up, and then I guess you got Oscar Cola, who probably should be in the majors right now. But, like, you, you're looking at the outfield of these guys. It's like, Jesus Christ, they got no young talent that can play the outfield. That's triple yeah, a well you don't need him you guys got andrew benintendi for four and a half more years and then you got Luis robert locked up benintendi's starting to come around the benintendi deal it still does not look good right now but i feel like he he's still gonna be solid this year he's i know like, that pedro graflo was made fun of because i think he had a quote being like at the end of the season you'll see that you know benintendi what he brings to the table because obviously he's kind of been sucky for six weeks yeah. but i think no matter what that was a huge overpay for a guy who again Ooh. is power hold on this is did you see the, are you seeing the, the thing in the Rays game no i'm seeing the announced attendance for tonight's white Sox game is twelve thousand two hundred and forty one. Oh, that's wait is that too hey, high too low what do you think that's really bad i feel like especially playing a division opponent oh ta with a base see we gotta talk shit that's <laughs> it's always Jake. negative reinforcement. Yeah, it's we are the we are the Chicago we are White Sox Twitter's number one negative reinforcement podcast. Well, actually, you know what? I, will I mean, guys, right just bet against Robert and Berger to do anything the next week because we spent oh, yeah. like half an hour sucking. But the Billy the hitter, when he comes back from the IL, he's coming back on a tear now. 
Yeah. Oh, there's a big smile from TA. See, he's All happy. Right. Um, happy to be with the Sox. What did he say there? Did he say anything bad about Chicago there when the camera was panned like, out? I, I, lo- I love the pitch clock. He actually said, fuck you, Matt Crawford. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Where's what, this? What's what going it, on? Who put is this, this on? going in his ball sack? Yeah, it is. Or just a moment of silence. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh, oh I saw a tweet about this. That's what this is. Moment of silence for the boys. Testicles. So for all the oh, podcasts, and he's a, he's an outfield. He's not wearing a cup. He's not wearing a cup. That no, you could that, tell. That is describe no describe what you're seeing there, Kevin. Oh, to the podcast. You're listening. seeing oh, an Adam Adovito fastball right to the dick. Yeah, he squared the bunt, <laughs> which he he squares up his front side a little bit. But you don't do that. Uh, I've actually thrown it. So another a, reason, never bunt. I hit a kid in the balls doing squeeze <laughs> drills in that same situation where he I, one got away and he uh, he opened up his front side and it hit him right in the. That one looked like it hurts a ton, but yeah, it's just a fastball to the uh, the penis. Uh, well, the for those of you listening in podcast form, what Zoe or what Fitz just pulled up there was Marcus Stroman missing the plate on a pitch, as oh, per usual, no location. Adam, Adam out of veto, dude. Was it out of veto? Yeah, I they all look that... alike to you, Mitch. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be zero with the match. Number zero, I thought. Pull that back up. What it number was that? Number zero. No, that's right. It was no, wait, zero. okay, wait. Wasn't Strowman zero? Okay, I was looking at the You're number. Right. I don't see colors though. I'm just uh, <laughs> hit you. He says he says from Missouri with his bush light hat on. Uh, uh, but, uh, <laughs> Adam Ottavino in the number zero jersey uh, missed the plate um, by a lot, and some poor bastard for the Rays that was squaring up the ball. Yeah, he was trying right. to, yeah, he was trying to do oh, like no, a drag bunt. Mitch, try to guess his name. Let's see where this goes. Let me pull him up again. What does he well, look like? Uh, I want to see what Mitch comes up for his name. Is this uh, Marcus Stroman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mitch. <laughs> you just put it on a T. Um, Guilty as charged. I thought I thought Stroman was zero though. There he is. Look at that. I'm not well versed in Cubs baseball. What quality starts this year? <laughs> I am still trying to figure out a second baseman they could trade for. I haven't stopped thinking about that. Miles Mastroboni, couple. Hits what number is Strowman this year? Absolutely, face six, isn't he? Or damn, who else just got an RBI? Mastro made a really Adam nice Tendi play earlier. Another base hit RBI. White Sox, kicked, White Sox kicked the extra point. They're up seven one right now. Cleveland sucks. Oh, their offense. I'm surprised you guys are doing this against their pitching. Good for you guys. Maybe you're yeah. maybe you're f- turning the corner. Oh no, he wears number zero. Sorry, Stroman wears zero. Yeah, yeah. Was that was right. zero, wasn't yeah, it? That's why. Yeah, 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 I was right. telling. You're I was right. telling Mitch. Yeah, he saw the zero. He saw the. He was still. Th- oh, how the table? Mets. He was still thinking yeah. Mets. See, my my my, how the turntables. Yeah, gonna blame the fine people of Missouri for corrupting me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna do that. But yeah, happy, I mean, happy, happy, happy to do that. Happy to do that. I mean, I'm just trying to. I'm literally on MLB.com's like prospects page right now seeing who the white Sox is possibly trade for <laughs> that's where we're at in this right now and there's none of them that i think they'll actually give up Ooh, luis robert wanted to hit that ball on the fucking dan ryan and he missed but he did damn. that his first step back too you can tell out, him, you know, out. he's out got him beautiful pit kevin oh this is a side note there's just a play at the play uh play at the plate from the cubs game but every fly ball in houston looks like a 500 foot home run to left field like the camera goes just straight up, and you're <laughs> like, "Shit, it's gone into the Crawford boxes." <laughs> it's so it feels so tiny. Like it, it just—I mean, it's three. Yeah, it's three fifteen to the to the left. I mean, they used to call it the juice box back in the day uh, for yeah. obviously good reason. Do you guys miss? I know uh, more on Houston. Do you guys miss the giant pole in center? 
the giant flagpole that was on the field. On I the hill. was thinking about that actually. I miss the thought that someone could run into it like a Looney Tunes <laughs> cartoon. I, mean, I, must, I mean, the hill guy. was hilarious. The hill was absolutely hilarious. Like, the person who thought of that should <laughs> never be able to ever, like, have a baseball thought again. Yeah, didn't uh, they have the... Uh, didn't they have the <laughs> guys, 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 dirt, dirt. guys, got a great fucking idea. Hear me out. We'll put a hill <laughs> in center field with a pole. <laughs> People will love it. These multi-million dollar athletes, they're going to go crazy for it. It's going to be great. I mean, the other idea was an alligator pit, but that got like, shut down. Uh, it's like a, it's like a when you unlock those things on like MLB Slugfest, just like moats in the outfield. Slugfest was a very good game. <laughs> Not nearly as dumb as the pole, but I, I thought it was funny when Miami had the fish tank behind home plate and all the fish were getting like traumatized by like fastballs or like foul balls that would hit it. So I don't think straight into the glass. Just, like PTSD. <laughs> and then they moved it to the outfield, and dudes are hitting homers off it now. There's a shark tank or a race <laughs> tank out there. Ooh, Jackson Holiday, five-hit game. God damn. Why can't that, we I think he's, like, well, he's still 18, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to be very yeah, good. Yeah, he can't drink. That guy's going to be good. Yeah. And it's, it's against, <laughs> and it's against, <laughs> against Winston-Salem. All right. All right. Hey, hey, Why all right. Not? Just an off night, though. Come on. Just an off night. God damn it. That always sucks when you see like these like top prospects, and you're like, oh, it's against... It's against our affiliate. Right. Yeah, it's it's yeah, shit. God damn it. Speaking of though, hot players though, we were saying before the show, Suzuki's been real hot for the Cubs. Suzuki's on fire. So the amount of shit that uh, that Cubs fans were talking about, say Suzuki, you would have thought, you would have thought that he was just like league worst player for a year. That all right? Couldn't be me. So Talking strange. shit about Seiya? Couldn't be me. <laughs> so strange. He definitely falls into that category of players that get unfair criticism. I believe. And like that's and I and, I, and like I get some of the rate because like he came. It was that it was basically just against the Marlins. He kept coming up against the Marlins guys. It was like bases loaded twice or runners at first and second, and he hit into like three consecutive dub- double plays. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? Come on, get a hit. Don't or at least hit the ball in the air, fine. But even even if you take away those, it was literally just those. It was like four or five games against the Marlins where he just had brutal times to hit ground balls in big spots. If you take away all just like those six games against the Marlins, his numbers just look normal. They look good. Yeah. And fans <laughs> were like, "Get this guy out of here! I can't believe the Cubs signed this guy for eighty-five million. Send him to AAA. This guy's a bust. This guy's Kosuke Fukudome two-point out racist, by the way." Yeah, I mean, I, like, come on. Current, <laughs> and they think they're gonna get Otani with that. Current update too, because he's three for three tonight with two homers, three RBI, run scored. He is now at two eighty-six batting average and eight fifty-eight OPS. <laughs> Who complains about an eight fifty-eight OPS at this point? There's nothing to complain about. No, I'd take that all day. Oh. <laughs> he's up to, so a little bit now. Two, so what is he up to? Like five home runs now? And again, I, I get it. Home runs. Home runs hit, aren't... He's hit four in the last four days. Yeah, and I think he had no, the, one, the first game back. So I think he has five home runs this season. I think he leads the outfield. Or no, no, he's second behind Cody Bellinger. I think Ian Happ has four home runs, and everybody else who's filling in wasn't that good. And Cody Bellinger has seven. So I think he's already second in, uh, out of outfielders in home runs. But what about Cody Bellinger? Yeah, he's got Cody five Be- and 17, Ribby. 
Cody Bellinger made a great catch, and then he got hurt on the play. Yes. And I'm very concerned that he's going to be on the injured list because he hasn't played the last two games. That extension, a and isn't uh, isn't Wisdom tied for the league lead in home runs? I think he has been for a while. I don't know if Alonzo's passed him again, but I think he has. He he's has very. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I can definitely be way wrong here. He's very much a two outcome hitter, right? Oh yeah, he's been okay. That's he has been walking a little more this year, which is so he's he's Useful. becoming more of the three outcome guy than just home run strikeout. The old Adam Dunn special. There was nothing better than going to the ballpark as a kid and watching an Adam Dunn cycle. You, you always <laughs> hoped you could see a walk, a strikeout, and a home run, and then you saw an Adam Dunn cycle. Uh, I yes. think it, I think he's when I was I think a he's kid. Like over three of the couple strikeouts tonight, uh, wisdom. But I think he entered the game with like what, like a three fifty eight on base percentage, or three around three fifty. He'll take that, and, he, yeah. and he's hitting for power. So that works. And then Christopher Morrell. Five home runs in eight games. Just yeah, that kid. We've been high on him though for the on this show for a while. I feel like like even before Mitch started with us, like we were high on morale. Yeah, because he came up in May, which I think was a couple months before Mitch came up. Yeah. <laughs> but so and that's the thing. I know that AAA. a lot of Cubs fans have been shitting on the Cubs, being like, "Why did this guy start off Triple A?" But I I didn't like the move, like just based on some of the guys that they picked over morale. But I got the thought because, like, you know, Kevin, you pointed out Christopher Morell for like the last two months was terrible. He was, he had like a 40% strikeout rate. He was hitting like 150. He was bad. Like, he needed to work on plate discipline. And even right now that he's still up, he's still striking out a shit ton. But if he keeps hitting for power, obviously it's a small, a very small sample size. And like, we're going to see how it extends as he keeps playing. But there's like legitimate reasons for him to like still develop because he had only played nine games at AAA before. So I got I got the all right, fine, give him more time to develop. But again, he was like the best baseball player in the minor leagues. Yeah, they get twelve hundred OPS. Yeah, and he right now he is a better version of what Patrick Wisdom is. He's you know because the streakiness, mm-hmm. um, and both of those guys seem to come out of the gate really strong, and then once the league gets a little bit of time to see him they have to wait until the off season to make those adjustments. They make the adjustments in the off season and then they come out really hot again. Um, you know, and, and you hope with Morel that that isn't the case that maybe he did learn uh, how to adapt, but he's got, there's so much, I, there's so much minus the defense, which is really kind of not great um, is how much he, he, he gives a hobby vibe in a lot of the way, you know, he's the way he swings. There's no shorten up um, the way he plays. Obviously, you know, he plays with his, you know, heart in the sleeve or whatever, the same way. There's a lot of hobby comps there. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's, it's how he adapts and adjusts in about 120, 130 at bats, you know, last year he didn't adjust, you know, and, you know, between that and wisdom, I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried now. Wisdom's supposed to be eating it up right now. And, and at this point in the season before he goes cold and right now, I mean, he struck out three more times tonight. He's down to two thirty three. I mean, he's got the high OPS because of the home runs that come in bunches too, but you know, and- What's you can't have base? two of those guys in the lineup at the same time to have a consistent you have to scoring. Give credit up. to the on base. Yep, the on base well is well above average. It is. He's taking walks, but he is. That's important too. You can't just be like no, oh, he's no. getting two thirty three. So I don't care if uh, Patrick Wisdom hits thirty. I've been. If he a, has a three fifty on base percentage and keeps slugging five fifty. I'll I'll take that. That means he's getting on base a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, again, he's his runs production is you know a lot of the times over the course of you know four offers and then a good game. And that's, that sucks. That's not good. 
But the thing is, it's just power pitchers. Don't throw them out there against power pitchers. Allow them to face the lefties it's the and non power pitcher. And it's exactly, you know, be a manager, manage, you know, play the matchups. And that's the thing with Chris Morrell. I think he eats power pitchers because he's got such incredible bat speed and the way that he kind of just the way he does it. So, like, you can have those guys kind of rotating around and use wisdom as, as what he's supposed to be. And, you know, when Merv or, you know, when Mervis finally really figures it out, I think, you know, yesterday, I think he got a couple, a couple more swings that got him up where he needs to be. But these guys need to go out there and, they need to. They need to be seen. I mean, and adjust. And that's what with Morel. That's the question. Will he adjust when yeah. the time? So comes? I don't mean to butt in here, but I've been a big like let's give Pedro some slack type guy. And I know they're up seven to one, but he let Clev go out for the seventh inning, and he just loaded the bases with no outs. Now mm-hmm. that seemed like a perfect time seven to one to start that inning to put Crochet in, ease or him back it, in. Yes, ease him back in or. I mean, he's going to Raylo right now, but, bro, you you don't give Clev that inning. Especially, all right, you give Clev the inning, but then as soon as he gets the, lets one guy on base, you pull his ass. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And so now they have bases loaded, no outs. And, I mean, again, they have a six-run cushion, but we all – Didn't they have a day off Monday? Yeah. Yep. Did Giolito go – how – or who – Did he go like seven innings? Seven. The pitching staff is getting slightly better. I mean, they yeah, I really mean, only had one way to go. The only <laughs> the only excuse I was going to give Griffo is like, oh, bullpen's like worn out. But like, no, they had just had a day not, off, and they just not. got Garrett Crochet. Like, was, and I totally agree, Mitch. That's a perfect time to put in the guy you just got back from the injured reserve. Yeah, I actually I was saying the same thing last night in the night. I mean, I get why they put Joe Kelly, and you don't want to mess around. You get, you get the win, but yeah, th- yeah, this would have been this would have been a good time. I think Joe if, Kelly, by the way, though, he's been lights out. This is finally the guy we thought we were trade getting. piece. Yeah, no, for sure. I, honestly, no, like, yeah, sell How, high. Uh, yeah, well, before before we get back to the Sox, no, I need to, I need to bring it up because like you guys saw it up and close for a couple of years. But now, Kevin, like Nick Madrigal, uh, like, what do you do? I don't know. I mean, he's not really thriving playing sparingly. So I think that really hurts him in that manner, the fact that he doesn't play every day. Um, But I don't mean, I don't know what else you can do with him other than Bob. Send him to triple A, get him every day at bats, get him in a groove. That's, I mean, that's the only thing that you really can do. And how is he handling it? he was it's, playing every day last year. He was bad. Uh, he's been playing recently because Nico Horner's been out. He's been playing for like a couple weeks or like the last week. Again, very small sample size. I'm not going to shit on him on that. I'm shitting on him for he's almost had the same amount of plate appearances with the with the Cubs as he has with the White Sox. Although care to answer. And he's been terrible. Who does, uh, again, I don't hate guys. I get annoyed when the Cubs because again. This isn't on the players. This is on the management. This is on the front office being like, let's sign a guy who hasn't been good for five years and Eric Hosmer. And then, okay, fine. Let's diminish his role. But, and then David Ross still puts him in. And then he's putting at least, at least now Eric Hosmer is batting like eighth. So there's good. Simple question. I already, I, actually, I don't, Hosmer. I don't, I don't hate like I hate like bad people. Who annoys you more? Oh, who annoys you more? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, thank you. This season, that, that's the this season is Eric Cosmer Eric right was like an everyday starter. Nick Magical was starting like two to three times a week. But now, but now this past week, it's Nick Magical. 
<laughs> Eric Hosmer's on the back burner. Eric Hosmer on the bench where he deserves to be. So but Nick Madrigal starting more, and he's nervous season, baby. Let me ask Nick you guys, Madrigal. I mean, obviously, he wouldn't fetch a lot, but is there? Do you think there's any value to Madrigal based on his age? Not right now. And his contract, he's, and he's been. Th- that's the thing. The only thing they can do right now, because again, I I think I'm with Kevin too. Like, he's been used. He's kind of been like a in and out of the starting role because there has been some weeks where he gets three to four starts. And again, that's not every day, but it's a half the time. And he's been bad. The only thing you can do right now is set him to play. Hopefully he gets it going there. Maybe he just does need a whole bunch of at-bats. Maybe that gets him going because everything else isn't. And and that's the... I, I do give him credit. He did learn a new position and he's been pretty damn good at third base. So the defense has improved. I know it was shaky with the White Sox, and even when he's played second base a few times here, he's come up with some pretty nice plays. So the defense, cool. Great. Love it. Everything else, the base running is still bad. The, <laughs> the, Him the blowing through that terrible. stop line at third base. That was so funny. Did he do like, it twice now? Wasn't it like it, twice within the last month? I saw one like on that blue hit that he probably shouldn't have went home. Or no, wait, was he trying to... Tra- There's one he, he was tagging up. And then one he tried to tag up on a ball that was like really shallowy. It was like yeah, shallow. Yeah. It was against the Cardinals yeah. last week. He tried to tag did, up on a play did ball. Did anyone gift that? Because that is a phenomenal gift to have of Madrigal blowing that stop sign because they had a great <laughs> camera angle on it. Oh, like, man. Really, Harris is there like, no, yeah, he's like he's, halfway down the line. He's like doing jumping jacks, like telling him to stop. The stop. only thing he could have done differently is like pull out a big red stop sign and hold it up. But in, in the Cub game, Adbert Alzale just uh, basically uh, sprayed Jose Abreu's fingers all over the infield just now. That is, he just embarrassed him. That was, that was beat. Jose, I just, just thought you guys would like to know that Jose. I, I, was I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm not trying to be a dick right now. I have no idea what happened based on your explanation there. So <laughs> he, he got sought off. He got sought off. Okay. He got a. He, right. he hit the ball about right. like he he got beat. Okay. Uh, oh, at first and, I thought he hit him in the finger. Yeah, that's that was like, oh, oh no, no. Hand, but like, then oh, I heard no. embarrassed him, and I was like, oh, he must have struck out, and it I was hurt. wrong both times. <laughs> where where that ball was hit hurt. His fingers right now are like tingling. It, it it hurts like hell. He, the bees were in the back. Wasn't Azale supposed to be the next stud starter? He was back in twenty. That's what I brought up. Uh, I think on the playback when we did with Danny Rocket uh, a few weeks ago, Edward Azale was in twenty seventeen. I remember specifically Theo Epstein was like, "This is going to be our next top of the rotation arm." That didn't work out, but it, I am at least glad that he's transitioned to a nice reliever role. Yeah, he's been fine. Is mm-hmm. it time for Kopech to move to the bullpen? Pulling out. Did you write about that, or who was it? You're Craig Mitch who wrote that. Because who are they gonna? Ian, Ian, are you still watching? Because if you're still watching, please tell me someone in the farm system that because Davis Martin. Davis Martin. Oh wait, he's cooked. Yeah, yeah. So if you move Kopech to the pen, who's your starter? That's true. Uh, that one, Jesse Schultons. Jonathan. That, that's another. That's another washed up dude. It's just that triple A. <laughs> Lordy. Or, Nate, or I think the other guy I saw was because uh, Zoe. I, I tried to look it up when you said that uh, some of the guys may have passed up uh, Davis Martin. I think the other guy was Nate Fisher. Oh, that's Nate a name. Fisher, ring a bell. That's a name. That's a name. Well, you got Noel Schultz, who's in rookie league. Sean Burke in AAA right now is doing okay. Damn, he's six six two thirty. He's big boy. Yeah, big boy. Uh, Christian Mena is in Double A. 
Peyton Pallette is in single A. Jonathan Cannon's in A plus. Uh, Nori Vera, he was he fell off a lot. He's in A plus. I'm just reading off Matthew Thompson, Cole top Simmons, prospects. Jared Kelly. Remember him? I yeah. do remember. What what's he up to? He's in. Uh, he's still in A plus. I can't even talk shit because remember Barrett Caraway? Uh, uh, didn't he get his, like fat? He, he grew out his hair, definitely gained some weight. Holy yo, I'm Mankata. Okay. Um, and this year in A plus, he had, oh my God, he's over one with an 8.74 ERA in four games in 11 innings pitched. Gave up Who 14 hits. Jared Kelly, remember he was supposed to be untouchable. Yeah, David, right. in the comments. Like, you, they couldn't trade him. He was like the big stud pitcher. The BJ his, McLeod. Of his whip hand. right now is two point two one. Oh my god, this guy sucks. This is why. This is why every time there's trade discussions, and we're seeing it with the Cubs too right now, Kevin. Uh, MLB. Oh, MLB Ian, pipeline. Give me a pitcher. Give me a pitcher, Ian. I need a pitcher now that <laughs> Davis Martin's gone. MLB Pipeline updated their top one hundred this week. Brennan Davis, who a year ago, like basically heading into spring training, he was the Cubs. And MLB Pipeline, he was their number two prospect. And I think Baseball America has him as the Cubs' number one prospect. He is no longer in the top 100 uh, for MLB Pipeline because he's been injured. Last mm. year, he was terrible. Came back from the like back nerve surgery. Was still bad. Had an injury in the fall. Came back this year. He's still been bad. Uh, Zoe said, could, be... could be reading names of corn fairy tour golfers, and I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Is Colton Montgomery still hurt? Yep. yep. No, guys, I wrote about him maybe a week ago. The White Sox don't know when he's coming back. What's wrong with him? So he had an oblique, like in spring training. So that's going to keep him out for six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And then Rick Hahn talked to the media at the end of April. And he said the new update was he had a setback, he had a back issue. He didn't want to be a part of the new season of Project Birmingham. So <laughs> Guess oh not. God. Jesus Christ, was that stupid? Uh, they said they didn't have a timetable for his return. So Ian's my my farm guy. Ian's the guy I trust with what's going on. He said that Christian Mania was looking like he was getting ready, but his last two outings have been pretty rough. So it's not a good sign when I ask Ian to give me a name to be excited about. And that's the answer. Because usually he, he can get me going about someone, but shit, that's not great. Uh, yeah. But, okay. Let's get back to the title here just very quickly. Mm-hmm. If it's July and it's obvious that the Sox just aren't going to do, aren't going to be competing, they're still below 500. They're just... See you later, Tim Anderson. All right. So who are you picking out? Do you have untouchables? First question. Yes. Because yes. I don't think you tear it down to the studs because okay. I think you would try and replace Rickon in the offseason. All right. Yeah, I, yes. But the my, guys who are expiring, you can trade. My untouchables would be obviously Luis Robert. Okay. Um, Dylan Cease, I think. Dylan Cease, I would say the way he's playing this year, I am very encouraged about you on Mankata. Okay. I wouldn't be you in. Still a, got some years too. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in no hurry to trade you on Mankata. Obviously, you're not getting rid of Andrew Benintendi because of that contract. Um, Vaughn, you're not getting rid of anything. Vaughn, you're not getting. You're not really unloading him. I would say you probably keep Garrett Crochet 
just because oh, yeah. of age and situation. Oh, Raylo, you were doing so good. He came in with bases loaded, no outs, got two the first two guys out, and then just fucking walked Josh Bell. Oh, that's fine. He's still seven to two. I know, but still, it's like, come on. Right, yeah, we were up like good. 10 was, runs yeah. last year around this time. Yeah, but what did I tell you guys about Cleveland's offense? It's bad. That shit is not sustainable. No. They are dead last in WRC+. Um, I would trade Yasmani Grandal if anybody would take him. No one's going to take him. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Right. He's not going to no. be here anyway. So. I mean, I would trade Lucas Giolito. Yeah. yeah. He's going to... I would see what the market was for Michael Kopech. I wouldn't be like eager. Kopech would hang on to when I think you could shop. And then Joe Kelly, you could shop. You could shop Joe Kelly. Someone would want a veteran. Hendricks, I think you could shop. Yeah. It's just, I, I know. But it's like, that's cutthroat. We, we, I know, like, but we've been with them through this whole journey. But I, I don't want to trade Hedda. I was against I it in the offseason, but if you're gonna if you're going that route, he would be a guy that's gonna bring yeah. in some value. We're we're trying to put yeah. personal feelings aside here, like the business side of things. I mean, Ray Lowe would be on the market for sure. Someone would probably be like uh one of those girls, like I can fix them. And well, take... the Rays would trade for him and then he'd be an all-star. Cy Young. <laughs> um I don't think anyone in the pen I would deem untouchable. I mean, Garrett, Crochet, like right? I said, Garrett Crochet I'd keep, yeah. but all right. So you're keeping Robert Mancata, obviously Benintendi because of the contract. Seb. Seb. <laughs> Andrew Vaughn. I would trade Eloy if someone wanted him. Yeah, okay, yeah. That was the other big name. It's 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 really that's that's a really tough one for me to because it's not for poor baseball performance. It's just he can't stay healthy. And I feel like you can get a really high return for him. For mm-hmm. Eloy? Yeah. I don't know about really high. Cause he's you, get, you can get some solid you can get some Because his contracts, so he's got a lot of control on that deal still. Mm-hmm. Now, let's see. Now, and, are you guys saying this because you guys have trust that the White Sox will actually do the right thing and <laughs> get rid of Raylo. Han? Or is this um, more that's cross well, our that's fingers what, and hopefully they do? Well, that's <laughs> like, what, what do was... you do? Okay, follow-up question. What do you do if it's like, if you, if from now you know, or from the summer you know, Rick Han's staying around. Whatever's going to happen next, Rick Han's going to do it. What direction do you want the team to go in? Same or? Well, then Add I'm... some pieces in the offseason. I just don't. <laughs> understand how if they're that far out of it in july where you're trading these pieces we're talking about you can justify keeping Rickon in that position that would make sense in a normal organization yeah right <laughs> that's the trouble though right and, and so that's that's what makes this exercise we're doing right now like hard because yeah. it's you can't really trust it and you would again. One would think if the White Sox were in the scenario that we're hypothetically speaking about, where they're starting to sell off pieces, you would you would have to get rid of Rickon. He like this is like the failure of all failures here. And then another follow up for that: the pieces that you get back. What do you want? Do you want younger prospect types, or do you want the MLB ready guys? Preferably young MLB ready, but I would take highly touted prospects at this point. Hmm. Even if they're like years away? That depends on who it is. Yeah. I de- yeah. Okay. Cause and that's who, the thing. And I'm... who we're giving up for it. Cause you know right what I mean? now like, that's I a mean... situational thing. 
like, like out my of the dolls position... are offering to eat some money and give us a 12 pack. I mean, you know, <laughs> maybe we won't make that deal. You make it a 30 rag, you got yourself a <laughs> yeah. deal, boss. Because right now I'm thinking I'm thinking about when you when you look back at especially recently, because before I know that everyone always points to the the Dylan season Eloy trade for Jose Quintana, but that is seriously an outlier. Because ever since yeah. then, well, he the, got pretty good value on too. The big yeah. trades, the big trades, you're not getting. That was the one. You're not really getting well. like the top prospects back. Well, he Sale, got could, the Chris Sale deal was okay too. Luke, the Lucas Giolito and Lopez trade. Was I'm saying mid season at the time. That's gonna be tough. Yeah, like mid season trades, because like that's the thing. Lucas Giolito, like Chris Sale, still had. He still had a team-friendly well, deal. That's okay, why you were able to get that value. Lucas Giolito is going to be a free agent. Blake Rutherford was a good mid-season acquisition at the time. It looked like it. Um, okay. He got a good uh, – Rick Hahn's a lot better at trading the guys away than he is bringing in the talent that it's need to win. So, you know, I, I think we could get some value. Yeah. No. Uh, you're, de- you're definitely going to get value. Like, on some of the guys, you definitely are, yeah. Because, I mean, part of the reason why that would take this thing away from a TA going away would be knowing that you have Colson Montgomery coming up. But now with Colson Montgomery's health being this big issue that no one really fucking knows what we're going to do, that makes like, it a little scary. man. But I know, and I'm not going to shit against Colson Montgomery because I didn't see him play. I have no idea what type of hitter. But just going off the numbers, when... When he went up levels his numbers went down i mean he was all right i know he had that yeah. long on base streak but i mean he was okay I, I know he's i know he's a great defensive like guy Ian yeah. brings up a very good point there with the nick hostetler he was always their big draft guru and the one of our always complaints are they suck and then recently did get a promotion and now look all the free agents they bring in kind of suck not looking good for nick wait, wait so he was he'll be the new assistant up? gm when chris gets is promoted after they fire if they chris. promote chris got some gm i might have to take a break from doing this show from doing being a fan i don't think so though because a couple wins uh a couple wins against the twins in september and you're back in <laughs> probably that's why i hate this team so much <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got 15 it. games left in the season. We're only down by 11 and a half. Yeah, We're still in I hate this team so much because <laughs> the reason why I say I hate this team so much is they won't let me think that they are completely out of it and suck. I when think I, I asked, uh, I think we, I think Kevin was the one who said, you know, the goal should be just, you know, get to 500 by the all-star break. And I think I asked yeah. Mitch last week, at what point do you just call it? Like, at what point do you basically wave the white flag? So, so I, for you. I feel at one like point, are you just like it's it? They're dead. They're dead. If they're at 500 by the All Star break, I'm gonna guess that's gonna put them within five games of the the division in this okay. fucking in the AL Central. So th- if that's the case, I'm gung ho. Let's go. Now, if we get to the All Star break and they're more than 10 games out, blow it all up. White Sox are five games under. They're. Seven and a half games back at the All-Star break. What are you doing? Seven and a half games? I would severely... Five games under 500. You're not I don't a care good about team. The, I don't care about the under 500 part. I care about the division part, like how far they're out of a divi- the division. Seven and a half? Because the All-Star break's not really the halfway point. Like they Yeah, it's a little right. past it. It's a little past it. But, I mean, if that's the case, the scenario that all those just 
laid out, then I would start seriously shopping like a Lucas Giolito type. Like I would do it almost even like I think this stretch of games against the division because I think what is it like fifteen of their next eighteen? Well, I mean after starting with last night's game, obviously, are all division opponents. Like this is going to be kind of uh, a good litmus test of where's this team at? Because yeah. if you bomb here and you play below 500 ball during that stretch, then now will be the time to sell the players you want. To. Because the sooner you sell, the more value you're going to get for them. The longer you wait, you're, you're just hurting your odds. Like this is kind of the stretch where it's like, all right, let's see if they, if they're serious about making well, Gavin there. sheets about to get tossed. I mean, he, this ump burned this Gavin sheets, giving him the business Pedro, all oh, Pedro touched the ump. God damn it. You can't touch the ump, dude. Where's the little blue double there? <laughs> I mean, that, that, was, that was a brutal at bat, though. Like, if you go on the pitch, whatever, for that at bat, like, the I think he got track. one call right. Pedro just saved Gavin, though. Did Gavin get tossed? I don't think Gavin got tossed there, though, did he? Someone Pedro might have saved him. Someone got tossed. I don't know who. Dude, I think it was Pedro for touching him. I, well, I mean, we'll find who are who are? I mean, I guess it's, I mean. We we're saying this last year. I guess still kind of early. Um, well, you know, we're a quarter of the way of the, of the way in. But have you guys started looking at like who who are the top farm systems? Who who can you get for Lucas Giolito? Mm, who's got the top farm systems? Like it, like doesn't Baltimore still have a pretty good? Because like yeah, that that would be like a farm perfect match. systems usually mean bad teams, and they're not the ones trading for Lucas Giolito. Baltimore, Baltimore, if they can hold stay on, within. Hold on, hold something. on. Uh, basically, you're looking farm systems, best farms. This is when they did the whole executives voting thing. Okay. Uh, so for the best farm system, Baltimore got 50% of the vote. Vote. Uh, the Dodgers got 21%. The Cardinals got 9%. The Diamondbacks got 6%. And there was five other teams that received votes. The other teams were the Cubs, the Guardians, the Rays, the Reds, and the Yankees. Who should we trade? Uh, who should we trade for Lucas and Giolito? Ian's saying, Ian saying the Braves and the Padre, or the Pirates as well. or something. I thought I the Braves break, had like dead last see, farm system. I don't know. But yeah. I could see like – and I know you guys aren't going to like to hear it. If the Cardinals are in contention, Lucas Giolito getting traded to the Cardinals. I can see that, it. That's a fit. Uh, and although you're not wrong, like the Orioles can very much be making a run at a wild card. Yeah. I mean, well, fuck, the Yankees suck. Oh. <laughs> Morrell. Sorry. You're not getting a top prospect for Giolito, though, just because he would be a couple-month rental. Clink. So you're not getting... Unless you... Like it's one of those things where you pre-agree, like we'll trade him Giolito and he's gonna sign an extension with you. You know what I mean? Like you you can pull one of those, but you could package deal. Well, I mean Baltimore already has a couple stud relievers at the end there. But maybe to uh the Dodgers or something? The Dodgers just thought maybe lost. The Dodgers uh, are going to be in that like purgatory area because they're losing a lot of pitchers and a lot of, well, I mean like Gavin Lux is out for the year, but like the Dodgers could definitely be a buyer. And maybe gonna, a, a Lucas Giolito, Liam Hendricks package. I mean, the Dodgers might have be a little gun shy about trading up for one of our closers after the Campbell <laughs> ship, but I think Craig Krim, 
Craig Kimbrell is still bad. I think it's the Phillies now. I think he's still yeah, he's yeah. still bad. But the Thanks Dodgers a lot. Farm who was it still at the time? Was it Cooper or Katz? Thanks a lot, Katz. The the Dodgers farm systems just absolutely loaded. Like they got their number one prospect is the kid. Uh, I'm telling you, Kevin, all these the catcher look like named Homer. Diego. That kid's very good. Bobby Miller's stud pitcher. Michael Bush can play second base. Uh, Gavin Stone's a stud. Ryan Pipiat. 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 Pipilipi. I mean, you just want to around to see how fans are going to say that name. Yeah. he's. I mean, they're top five Pit? prospects for the Dodgers. I'd take any one of them in a heartbeat. Well, I mean, I don't think you're going to get a top five. From Probably Dodgers. not. Unless it's, <laughs> unless it's Lucas and Liam. Then you can maybe... Yeah. Then you can get one. But I personally, I really like Bobby Miller. I think the kid's going to be fucking nasty. But Well, uh, well, I was going to, I know you guys said uh, you guys brought up a TA as a trade candidate, but like he's tanking his value. <laughs> like our team's yeah, going to be. But so... you have another year of control with TA and the history's there. So you'll, you'll get, you would get a top prospect for TA. And just the marketability you're getting with TA too, because he could easily come in, become a face of a franchise. Yeah. He doesn't have that. We've seen with other guys though. He doesn't have. He wouldn't have that built-in love with the fan base. Dodgers very much need a shortstop, or so. They do. They be the um, Dodgers fans wanted him in the offseason. Padres number eleven prospect just threw Dodgers eight innings of combined no no last night. Who is the Padres? Talking when it's not a combined no ho. No, we're we talking about no ho. Yeah, no ho. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not pronouncing that name, but all Go right. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yaro Ira Arte. Okay. Yeah, I'll put it in the. Oh, I can't. It's J A I R O. And then his last name is I R I A R T E. Put that in the Google machine. See what yeah, they come the... up with for translation. Yeah, but just put it, have Google say it. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let me <laughs> copy his name here. A lot of the press books actually have the. The phonetical spelling. Well, let yeah. me pull out so my. Didn't the White Sox do that with Luis Robert too? Robert. Yep. Uh, how do you get it to say it? Just type the in, microphone. put in the name, and then put pronunciation. There should be a thing okay. on the top when I click. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um... Ariarte. 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 Yeah. yeah, that makes it. There you go. Ariarte. There you are, yeah. don't, don't trade for him just because I don't want to say his name. I'll be here for it. It'd be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna get interesting how this season plays out. I'm very curious to see how this goes. I'm I mean, and Rick Hahn, even in some of his latest interviews, is like, I know my head is on the chopping block. Like I know my job is Oh, oh! Now he does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now. Earlier it was well. I mean, none of these fans have uh, yet you know to come up to me. Sad guys, guys. I'm fine, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you think yep. that my job is on the line. I've had these talks already. My I'm job safe. is uh, on the hot seat. I God had damn. Andrew Benintendi put a heating pad uh, under my desk earlier. Yeah. Let me tell you, Rick Owens are toasty. It's hot. But, Damn, uh, Joe Kelly out here throwing. Going to watch the uh, game this weekend, and uh, we hope we can come up with a W. I mean, uh, <laughs> statistically, I think it's a high likelihood that we pick up a 12-pack uh, of uh, Miller Lite this weekend. And, Joe uh, Kelly out here pumping 94-mile-an-hour knuckle curves like they're going yeah. out of style. 
trade him back to the Dodgers. He, he does want to go back to LA. Yeah, he, he wanted to sign in LA, yeah. and they didn't want him back. Yeah. They knew something. But he's <laughs> definitely he wasn't going to be able to pitch on back to back days until the middle of the season. His last couple outings, though, he's definitely looked. Vintage. He's been good this year. No, he's been one of the best relievers. Like yeah. this is this is what you guys thought you this were getting. What we we were getting. Yeah, when Tony gave him a call. <laughs> See, Tony was the problem. Joe Kelly's. Oh, fixed don't even that. start with this shit. <laughs> I ain't got time to go through this shit. Hey, I said this last week, but Rick Renteria was the last good White Sox manager, and you can't convince me otherwise. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, the book's still out on Pedro, but ooh, what a scoop by Andrew Vaughn. You're not wrong, though. He had one chance at the winning team, and he took him to the playoffs. I mean, that was the worst playoff series I've ever seen, but yeah. It was, it, it was bad. Yeah. But he got but, dealt some bad cards there, too. Eloy got hurt. Mm-hmm. Crochet had to leave early. I mean, yeah, 2020, that was Dylan's. He had Dylan C's coming out of the bullpen. Yep. Game three. Did he? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dude, Mark Leiter Jr. against lefties. Because that, that rotation Alvarez is kind of ass outside of Keuchel and Giolito when you look at it. I'd be worried there for a second, too, with that start of the inning. Better. Uh, yeah. I hey, think Mike, uh, Clevenger, Mike Clevenger, trade piece. I don't know what he can get for him. He's cursed. No one's going to want him. Couple of, Six uh, innings, two runs tonight. Nah, it's not bad. Maybe the witch's curse is wearing off. <laughs> it's, re- it's like to be re anted. I, uh, I think like, I can use a really good NASCAR minute right about now. You're in luck. So it very much makes me happy to say these words again. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the NASCAR minute with NASCAR Mitch. All righty. This week, we were at the Southern, well, I mean, the location of the 7500, Darlington, <laughs> South Carolina. It was throwback weekend, so all the cars had these old paint schemes, except for Kyle Busch's team. They threw back to the car they won with in Vegas a couple years ago, so that was kind of lame. But uh, all these other teams had cool paint schemes for throwbacks. Now, Ross Chastain, name that's been popping up in the headlines recently. So this is kind of an interesting nugget. His crew, like his pit crew, got hired out to race in the uh, Xfinity race. Well, not race, but be the pick crew for Kyle Larson in the Xfinity race. Kyle Larson and Ross Chastain have had some beef in the past. Apparently, Kyle Larson made like a hand gesture to him uh, a week back, and so they were pissed. And so they ended up winning the race for Kyle Larson in the Xfinity Series race on Saturday, but the pick crew refused to go to Victory Lane to celebrate with them. So the bad blood is real. Keep that in mind later on. So race is starting. Toyota looks fast again after winning in Kansas. Toyotas are good. Martin Truex Jr., he cruises to stage one. Stage number two, he's in the lead. No one's really challenged him all day. But here comes Ross Chastain. He has his throwback UPS uh, color scheme for the throwback weekend. He dive bombs in the inside. He makes the first pass to Truex all day. He's back in the league. Truex has a good long run car. So he's slowly trying to run down Chastain at the end of stage two. These are valuable playoff points on the line here. Right in front of Chastain is his teammate, Daniel Suarez. Suarez, he's about to get lapped. So Chet Ross, uncharacteristically, is like, hey, I'm going to catch. I'm going to give my boy a break. I'm going to ease up a bit. I don't want to lap my guy. 
Laps are taken away. Final lap. Truex gets close enough. He tries to dive bomb Mo and pin Ross high, so he's he gives him one lane at the top, not giving him any room. Ross is like, well, I'm not only going to take one lane, so he tries to throw the block down low. He makes contact with Truex. He hits the wall. Truex tries to pinch him more against the wall, and then after uh, or, um, Chastain's car slaps the wall, he kicks back, hits Truex. Truex spins, takes him out of the race. He stayed in the race, but that basically threw him out of contention. So now on to stage three we go. Kyle Larson, who had the beef with Chastain's pit crew the day before. He starts moving up towards the front. The two are kind of battling along there. But then all of a sudden, one guy loses a tire in the back. It's Eric Jones. Tire just flies off. Causes a huge wreck. It looks like the guaranteed rate field parking lot after game. Absolute shit show. Cars everywhere. It's the big one. Or so we thought. So they reset. Later in the race, green flag stops. Pit crew's doing good job. Chastain back up front. Larson's in second. <laughs> then we have a wreck because Truex, he's working his way back up to the field. So he's near fourth on this final like restart they got going here. Logano's to the outside. Then Logano gets T-boned by Truex. Another wreck. So they got to restart again. On this restart, Larson, he starts running to Ross Chastain a little bit high to the wall. Doesn't want to give him any room. Ross hits the wall a little bit, and that's when the big wreck occurred. So then they have to restack him. They judge Ross was in first. So Ross now has a decision. He's like, hey, he just ran me into the wall. Which way should I go? Oh. I know he's mad at me. I've run him into the wall before. I'm going to take the low lane to protect myself. So Larson's on the high side. Chastain's on the low side. Ross immediately gives him no room, runs him up the track. Larson's like, I'm not lifting. Screw that. So he holds his ground. Chastain just runs him out of room, just like way too aggressive. He gets T-boned by Larson. Larson's so pissed off. Usually during a wreck, you back it down, you hit the brake. He's just full throttle, just like pushing him across the track, like plowing him. Like for a solid 15 seconds in the spotter, you're listening to it. Ross Chastain's radio is like, still pushing you, still pushing you. If you watch the video, it's later. like Ross Chastain's like sideways and Larson's just all pissed off and dumps him. His crew chief comes on the radio. He's like, Jesus Christ, Chevrolet. Ross Chastain has wrecked us three weeks in a row. Something needs to be done about this. Sounds like an angry old man, but it forces an overtime restart. So those two are out of the race because of the wreck. Overtime restart. We got William Byron, the guy I met in the Hooters parking lot last week, along with a uh, Kevin Harvick, Bush Light guy. He's on the high lane. Byron's on the low lane, or low, Harvick's on the low lane. Byron's on the high lane. Byron gets the better restart. He drives away. He wins the race. He's 1 0 since I met him in a Hooters parking lot. That's uh, his uh, third victory of the season. William Byron having a phenomenal year. Takes the W on throwback weekend with the Jeff Gordon paint scheme. There you have it. Your NASCAR minute. This Padres pitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. He's I forgot to add really quick, and now this is optional, but... So I, I, I've been trashing RCR, Richard Childress Racing, Kyle Busch, as we know, besides Chase Elliott. He's one of my uh, main culprits on Is the podcast uh, where I'm always trashing Kyle Busch and RCR and Austin Dillon because his granddad is a team. But last week, as I mentioned, I met Austin Dillon on the pickleball court. Nice guy. So I'm like, OK, like Austin Dillon, I got to stop ripping on him today for the job at ADC 17 because there's a race coming to St. Louis. And Zoe, I know you have to watch a NASCAR race, so I think you should just drive down to St. Louis and we'll have oh, a good yeah. old tailgate, and that could be the way you <laughs> yeah, scare the punishment. Yeah. But anyway, as part of the coverage for the news station, uh, they're letting, like having us preview some of the race. So I got to talk to Kyle Bush's crew chief, uh, Randall Burnett, today, who's from Fenton, Missouri, and I got a quick soundbite. If anyone wants to hear about what he has to say about Kyle Bush's driver, which interview has not been released yet, if you want it for the NASCAR Minute. If we're it's not interested, you can call tonight. 
Well, I have a couple questions. Go One, for it. Are you sure you met somebody at the Hooters parking lot? Because you barely mentioned it. What, last week? <laughs> Two, I just want to make sure everyone's feet are okay because Mitch is name dropping like a motherfucker. <laughs> Look at you, man. You're a very man about NASCAR right now. Oh, man. And also, we might have to reevaluate our pitcher scheme for the NASCAR minute. There is a lot of man ass. There is a lot of man meat <laughs> on our pitchers. I was noticing, like, we got Beef Loaf naked. We got Steve Stone naked. We got the coronavirus meme guy. We got – We added a female listener earlier. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, we're growing the, uh, the listener. Maloney is a pizza man. Like, there is a lot of, like, homoerotic – Yeah. It's, uh, we're just giving the people what they want, so. I guess so. I mean, and this – I mean, obviously uh, – the eggplant for sixty nine cents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it started with our uh, with this. I mean, this got yeah. people going, got them yeah. a little hot. We know our demographic. Uh, <laughs> and while you were doing the NASCAR minute, Jake Berger hit a triple. You guys heard that right? Speed. Yep. I would like it in Kannapolis. The Intimidators down there used to be named after Dale uh, Dale Earnhardt. What's the baseball team? Dale Earnhardt Senior, I should say. What? What's the baseball team in Kannapolis? Now I think they're the Cannonballers. The cannonballers. They used yeah, to be the Intimidators right. after it's Dale Earnhardt. Right. Nickname was the Cannonballers. It's the Cannonballers, and I got their hat. I like their logo. I think they have, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they have a charity event. Like um, uh, one of the dri- one of the drivers hosts like a kickball celebrity kickball or a NASCAR celebrity kickball game down down there uh at the end of every year um so and joey logano not very athletic but he's got wheels apparently the man the man can run so there you go i'm just mesmerized right now watching jake Berger leg out a triple did you see rich hill and miguel cabrera that was race to first base my that made my heart so happy (laughs) because it did it looked like a 16 inch softball game Corey LaJoy puts on that tournament. That's the name that was escaping me. He's on a crappy team, so he does never mention much in the broadcast. He has a podcast, uh, though, too. But he's the one that puts on that tournament, and he's usually pretty good. Have you I, met I him in a Hooters parking lot? I've not met him in a Hooters parking no, lot. See, I have to use that because if I just say the name William Byron, you're not going to know who I'm talking about. So I have to put like the ad, something like next to the name so it's easy to remember. It's like flashcards for a child. <laughs> if I just say William Byron, you're not going to know who I'm talking about. That's if I true. say who does parking lot guy, William Byron, eventually it'll stick. That's fair. I'll stop mentioning That'll be the last time. You will not hear me say one more time. No, it was just, I just thought he was cool because like 20 minutes after the race, he's taking his girlfriend to Hooter. Like I didn't even know you could get out of the racetrack. That I, thought, I thought he had media availability. Yet. I honestly <laughs> thought that's what all NASCAR drivers did. Yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> after races, they just went to Hooters straight to Hooters. Well, did, yeah. well Ricky Bobby would always go to, what was it, Applebee's? Uh, and no, why wouldn't he get there fast? Elliot is the one that's sponsored by Hooters. He's not even sponsored by them. Yeah. And he just really Ricky, likes their wings. Ricky Bobby's family went to Applebee's for their nice family dinners. But Ricky that Bobby, was, yeah, he, that was... he, he owned the bar when he was doing when he was at the peak of his stardom. He owned that bar, and that's when the French dude comes in and they talk about clips. And, yeah. <laughs> the, they're just that was... pancakes. <laughs> so Formula One was in Miami last weekend, and a bunch of the drivers went to visit one of the race teams, RFK Racing, Brad Kozlowski, the team owner. And so 
he's Brad Keselowski, and both of the two Formula One drivers are French. They drive for a French team. It was Esteban Alcon and Pierre Gasly. So like <laughs> the drive NASCAR guy comes up to him. Brad Keselowski's like, hey, like, have you guys ever seen Talladega Nights? And they're like, oh no, though, we've never seen that movie. It's like, oh, it's hilarious. I gotta show you the scene. He pulls out his phone and he shows him the crepe scene. And like the two Formula One guys are clearly like, awesome. like, what the fuck is it? And like Brad's like laughing. He's like, oh, look at this, it's funny. Will Ferrell. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, Just completely out of context. Look at this random scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's on there. It's on Twitter. Like you can find the video. It's pretty funny though. Fun fact. 16 of Jake Berger's 22 hits are for extra bases. He's, He's slugging slugger, 747, dude. dude. Legit. Put him at second base. Yumpert's Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly. I make fun oh. of him, but he beat Tyreek Hill in a reflex competition. They had those like reflex thing. The Formula One guy. Damn. Tyreek Hill. I really thought with the 7 2 lead going into the ninth inning, we'd get our Garrett Crochet debut. Nothing yet? No, nope, they, put, they put in Graveman. Ah. They really need right. victory. Well, gentlemen, thank you. Ooh. I needed this. But uh, also, big shout out to our buddies at the 108 for actually having a legit commercial. Oh, yes. That's awesome, man. Hilarious. I mean, from where, <clears throat> well, Although it's uh, you and I's just about five year anniversary of doing this show, congratulations, which is wild. Uh, but from where we started, right back five, to where we started, from man. Where, yeah, <laughs> talking about shitty ass teams. Uh, <laughs> from where we started five years ago to where we are now, I mean, obviously there's a a ton of shows now, but to see, like, I feel like it's like one of us, like the one away guys. You know, we're on the same whatever and to see them have a legit like actually produced commercials for the white Sox, it's like damn that's really fucking cool bribes and so, kickbacks that's how you get things done in the city well, and, especially in Bridgeport. and i, I remember a mob commercial basically yeah. i remember asking beef love one of the first few times uh we had him on and like that's when daniel palka was doing his thing with the Sox, and obviously they had their connection and i remember asking him like Who's benefited more from that relationship? And obviously at the time, Dan Puckle, MLB player. Obviously him, he was getting more attention. But I mean, flash forward to now. Who's on the top of mind for most White Sox fans? It's the 108 guys. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Daniel Puckle is, I don't know, I, I think either in the minor leagues or playing overseas. But And I mean, yeah, and the white the 108 guys get brought up in broadcast. They're talking to Brooks Hoyer. They got a commercial. It's awesome. But all right, fellas. The benefit of Jerry having no money. Brooks yep. Boyer doesn't have it in the budget to hire an actor. So he has That's to true, too. <laughs> So for NASCAR Mitch, the good Reverend K Fitz, that's all though. I'm Zo. We'll see you guys next week. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Cause Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we here now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for. Yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game.
This is what you're waiting for, yeah. This is what you're waiting for. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bars, yeah. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. This is what you're waiting for. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar, yeah.